Hey everyone, I'm together with Spiro today. I'm Konstantin Valiotti. I'm a product director in Pandadoc, where I lead a few of our growth functions, mainly within acquisition and activation and also freemium uh, directions. So today we are going to be talking about product-led growth as a concept, and we'll probably try to uh, go over some of the issues and some of the details of what it is. So. Konstantin, welcome uh, to the Growth Mentor podcast. PLZ is a hot topic recently, and I'm excited to learn a tone from you. So could you share something with us that we might not know about product-led growth? Yeah, well, I think that's, that's not a concept that is really hard to grasp, honestly. So I do think that whatever you read on PLG is, um, is, is actually enough, but I'll share two thoughts here. So first of all, PLG or any other growth motion doesn't really make sense for startups in pre-product market fit stage, because at this point, whatever you need to do is just to get your retention curve to go horizontal. So you can do things that don't scale. You, ha you have to just create a use case that makes people stay with the product. You don't need PLG, SLG, or whatever other growth mo motion until you hit that product market fit. And secondly, while PLG seems to be like a concept and that you have to get fanatical about it, it's not true. Uh, most companies that employ PLG as their strategy also have SLG, MLG, community-led growth. So if you look at the top companies, they are not saying, hey, we want to completely get rid of sales or something like that. They are employing multiple motions at the same time. And if you don't do that within your company, someone else will, and they will have more growth than you, and they will basically win the market if you just subscribe to one uh, motion of growth. So probably those two, yeah. Amazing. I didn't. I have never heard the second part. So thanks for sharing. Could we define PLZ so that someone who doesn't know what product-led growth is uh, to understand? Yeah. So well, essentially, PLG is a motion where the product is kind of owed to uh, promote itself and sell itself, right? So with other motions, we say that okay, the sales will lead the discussions on the contract and will try to sell it. But for a PLG product, it means that it is going to be. Uh, shown to a user that every kind of functionality will be available either through freemium, free trial, or an unengaged funnel. And then the user is free to explore that solution and then buy it via self-service route. So essentially the product is kind of trying to both promote, activate, and sell itself to the end user. And if you're like talking PLG, it also means that you are building for the end user because this distinction is very important in B2B. We have economic buyers and we have users and PLG products start with the user. Essentially, like on the Slack, as an example, for, for like Slack, it's important to engage as, as many users as, as, as possible because then they will exert the pressure on the economic buyers to actually buy that solution in order to support their use case. So we are betting on the user and not the economic buyer. And that's why we are organizing all of our products to relate to this, to this end user and we pay the most attention to the end user. This was pretty clear, but like, why has it become important nowadays? Like, why yeah. why is it a trend? So I think there were multiple research points uh, from Gartner and from McKinsey as well, that most buyers prefer to go uh, through self-service through online route instead of talking to sales. And essentially that shortens the cycle and allows people to avoid the, those sales conversations and then go and actually buy something. That's the first um, reason. The second reason, like there are some trends like COVID, right? 
So many companies have gone digital and they needed to buy products and not all of them wanted to talk to sales departments as well. And they just wanted to try and buy. And essentially, the third reason is that there is a concept of providing value first, which is very important to PLG, and only then extracting that value, meaning monetization, right? So in PLG Motion, one of the key concepts is that the user should extract the value, should understand how the solution works before you ask that user to uh, to pay. And this um, value generation is created through the product. It's not a recorded video. It's not a sales conversation. It's not a demo. It's actual person trying this product and actually solving the use case before, uh, you know, actually paying you some kind of money. And uh, I think this is like key uh, behind PLG. This was like the way you structured it was very clear. Thanks. So let's say that we are a company. We don't know, like, I, I, I will not specify the stage we are at. It could yeah. be various. And we are considering to apply or not to apply uh, product-led growth as a strategy. Yeah. So could we like elaborate on when it's a good case to do so or when it's not? For example, the size of the company, the size of the deals, like this kind of details. Yeah, I was recently reflecting on that question as well because I was trying to um, consider some examples where PLG is not applicable. And I feel like it's less about companies that can apply it like from theoretical basis like we are too big to do that and more about like practical choice because sometimes plg is very hard to fit to certain situations like um here i kind of consider intercom as an example so they started as a very plg company free trial and all of that and they were probably a poster child of how like self-service routes work but if you go to intercom right now the main motion that they're using is sales-led. And I think that some companies at this moment are actually rebounding from using PLG because they realize that sales-led model is more important to them because they have created a very complex product that requires deep engagement with the target audience and uh, with the specific salesperson and maybe pre-sales sometimes, right? So be, um, those kind of products where the strategy of being a, a complex product is essential and you are actually targeting a very high value deals, it lends itself very well to sales that motion. However, even uh, through the intercom example, you can see that if you go through their sign-up experience, there is a way around to go through self-service. If you click on the small businesses and then you sign up, it will allow you to go self-service. So even uh, for companies that are becoming sales-led or traditionally sales-led, I think that PLG can be used to support sales uh, sales motion, right? It's not only it's not mutually exclusive. You can reuse certain concepts and you can still um, be involved with PLG. I've also been thinking about technical products, right? Because typically they've been uh, described as uh, sales-led, like um, integration platforms as a service contact centers as a service, um, uh, other CPASs, for example, communication platforms as a service. But if you look at the leaders like Video, Mercator, you can realize um, a lot of them or most of them allow you to go through a self-service route. It's easy to send an SMS with like say Infobip or Twilio in CPAS space. And like five to 10 years ago, most of, the most of those companies uh, will just wanted to get you like a sales demo, but now there is a sign up, there is like some kind of activation and onboarding flow. And then there is like self-service monetization. Maybe they're not going like um, through the full experience, like 
just leaving you be and they still engage you. But that's the point of a strategy, right? Because PLG is just a concept, it's just an umbrella for certain terms. And it's still you who is building a strategy. If it makes sense to start with PLG and move into sales or segment your, your user base and be PLG there, but ESLG there, then that's great. Your goal is to grow your company. It's not to be fanatical about a concept. I loved the practical examples that you brought. You actually reminded me of a recent episode that we recorded with Mario Araujo from Software about transition from PLG to sales-led. And like, I, I love the example with Intercom because it was quite relevant. So I noticed that you are uh, quite into product-led growth engines. So yeah. I, I, I noticed on your profiles on social media, all the steps and uh, details that you get into. Would you like to explain to us what a product-led growth engine is? Yeah, so like an engine, what's an engine, right? So that's something that you start and that it will work based on the inputs that you feed, right? And like for PLG engine, it makes uh, it makes us then creating growth for the product or the company based on the certain set of principles and based on certain uh, based on certain strategies and tactics that are uh, lying under PLG umbrella. Um, essentially, that means that your product and marketing teams and all, all other teams are aligned and are striving to make the product that sells itself and that allows, for example, touchless expansion. Final-wise, it also means that you're actively working on unlocking the best self-service experience across whole funnel, right? Like there's acquisition, activation, engagement and retention, monetization and expansion. And uh, for like building a PLG engine, that's like experimentation and improvements across the whole funnel um, that, that's going on a continuous basis that just doesn't stop, right? And though on the acquisition side, we're looking to establish loop uh, such as viral loop, content loop, some other loops and optimize them. We are also looking to have a simple sign up, PLG website that shows the product and optimize continuously those acquisition experiences. On the activation side, well, activation is actually a big topic on itself because it's not a universal metric. It's a metric that is specific company and based on a very specific use case. But um, on an activation side, we are looking to establish the route to the fastest time to value that is possible. And we experiment towards like reducing time to value and improving the number of people that are being activated. On monetization and expansion side, like that's there is always work to let people monetized, uh, be monetized, to be to actually expand, to drive discovery and exploration of more benefits and features and like providing clear ways to collaborate if that's also an option within your product. And on the retention and engagement side, deeper like usage of the product should make the product more valuable. And you have to realize how do we do it like continuously. But really on top of that, that's like the growth work part of the equation, right? But it's also about your product team and your strategy, and it should revolve around your product selling itself too. It's not enough to have a growth team that works on those things. But let's say, like in a traditional management perspective, you discover a problem, you uh, size the problem, like it's a big market, let's solve this for our clients and then hopefully earn more money. Um, you have to be thinking also about adoption, satisfaction, usability, because um, the usage in PLG is what drives the growth. So if you just create more features that solve problems, but they are hard to discover, hard to adopt, and the way you solve the problem is not satisfy is, is not something that satisfies the end user, this is not like true PLG. 
PLG requires the whole org to shift like the mindset towards like be- becoming this product-led org. This was extensive, actionable, and very detailed. Thanks, uh, Constantine. Uh, w- would you elaborate a little more uh, on how you apply that uh, th- these these concepts that you just mentioned? So, um, in terms of the approach, like I would I would line three important things for me. So the first one would be strategic alignment. Uh, what I just said about the whole company working towards like this adoption, satisfaction, and um, building towards the end user and making it a priority for the whole company. This is the first thing. The second thing is analyzing and working on the whole, whole panel in a self-service motion. You, you should establish teams or responsible people that are um owning specific experiences right so for activation and onboarding there should definitely be a representative from product team whose target okr kpis whatever those is those are um relate to specific activation onboarding and this is like the ownership kind of part and the second uh, the third thing which is a little bit different and the thing that we haven't touched on is actually establishing strong data research and experimentation culture without those things it's barely possible to become product-led because being product-led actually um you being extremely customer centric right because doing something in a self-service without a human involved means that you understand the people that go through your product so well that you can build a truly good experience in terms of the onboarding monetization engagement and all of other things so if you don't do user research continuously and read the resetores here for examples of like how continuous discovery is done right if you don't have strong data culture and if you don't get enough quantitative insights and if you can't turn both quantitative and qualitative insights into experimentation then i don't i just don't see how you're going to you know grow truly after the implementing after the implementation of the product led um let's say concepts I, I'm amazed of like it, it should be amazing to working with you on this uh, topic. Like <laughs> you, you are so educated. So taking a step back and at the same time staying practical, like because yeah. all the examples you have been mentioning are quite oh. practical. But are there any key uh, product-led growth frameworks like around the internet? Like are there different approaches? Well, I think that the main thing that's been mentioned is uh, PLG flywheel that describes like the user coming in, going through like activation and onboarding, like expansion and the cycle continues. So this is the first thing to probably look for. The second thing that was uh, really promoted strongly within the community by Reforge, for example, is uh, loops, right? So viral loop, uh, which is typical for many PLG products. Uh, content loops and stuff like that. So um, the concept of loops is very important because it basically unlocks more growth from the growth that you're having and your like typical linear inputs are not as good as a loop because, for example, with a viral loop, the, each customer you acquire provides more customers to you, right? So there are some practical considerations with that that are typically not mentioned because, um, and this is probably a little bit deep for this part of the podcast, but with viral, um, you can basically see that sometimes it just doesn't provide you the same type or the same quality of leads that that other channels do, but still it's uh, it's something that drives the acquisition. It's just not as good as other channels, as other funnels. Yeah, so um, I think those two would be the best and the first you should like 
um, look up and then maybe move from there because essentially the the each part each thing within plg is both a very simple concept but at the same time it's not easy to do and as an example here like activation it existed before um like the product that grows concept right but at the same time if you ask a lot of people so how do you define activation how do you actually go and do that they will not provide a clear answer to you and that's why you're kind of you kind of need to dig into each part of the equation and not just you know certain uh the most uh mentioned ones so um if uh, there are people within our audience or our listeners today that want to get started with plz where would you recommend them to start from do you mean like from an educational perspective or like how to apply plg to the product the latter uh, you still need to get educated about plg i suppose so uh, there are definitely uh, a lot of content creators uh, right now like elena verna uh, open view partners and all of them that provide a very structured guide on how to approach product that grows um, but the first thing that you would need to start with is uh, defining why exactly do you want to get involved with plg because it, it's just a concept you have to realize it's not more than a concept with specific tactics and strategies and you need to realize like what do you actually want to do it's not about becoming plg it's about like driving growth to allowing self-service usage establishing like some viral things or i know um employing the best practices from the market whatever it is you need to realize that and then uh, you should probably start with like analyzing uh, the current situation, right? You should you should see your funnel as it is. Like, how do you acquire people? How do you activate them? Even if you don't activate people uh, explicitly, there is some kind of implicit onboarding that happens, and sometimes people still get some kind of value. So your best guess is great here. And then you see monetization and all other steps. Like, how does it happen? Um, for retention and engagement part, you need to. Uh, structurally specify like what is your use case what kind of problem do i resolve what kind of frequency of this problem and uh, then you're kind of building a map of your use cases depending on the complexity of the product of course this analysis of the current situation should clearly show you like where the most opportunities are if you say if you like start with the concepts that my acquisition should be as simple as possible so sign up should present no friction or, or almost no friction if i should like provide an onboarding that allows people to get value as early as possible if i should have monetization in place that allows people to buy in self-service way and do it easily without friction then you realize what parts of my solution aren't don't fit those like expectations right so you would start with that and then you'll probably move to um deeper analysis research establishing data culture if you don't have one um maybe creating and managing product uh, product growth team but like the analysis of the current situation and the goal setting is the very first thing that you should do thanks for sharing with us how like even I, I don't know a thing about product growth. So thanks for explaining to me how to do it if I ever develop a new <laughs> product. Constantine, thank you very much for taking all this time to share your insights and your work with us. I hope that people will enjoy this episode a lot. Well, I hope so too, definitely. And thanks for having me.